0: You've survived the worst, trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is your pain can be a crutch, or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host joseph james hey everyone and welcome to another great episode of purpose through pain podcast i have a really good friend that i met just a, not too long ago had a pretty cool experience meeting in costa rica and at a mastermind of a, a mutual friend of ours but i wanted to bring him on today and let you guys just really hear where he's gone at in his life. His name is Brandon Straza. He is the founder and president of the Success Finder, an app dedicated to supporting coach and member relationships through direct communication, mastermind offerings, networking, and support. He's an entrepreneur before it was ever trendy. Brandon has built a number of successful businesses, serves as the president and owner of American Option uh, Insurance, and produces a weekly podcast. Brandon is married and has one child, son uh, named Liam, and they live and reside in Dallas, Texas. Brandon, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining me, brother.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Joseph. And, you know, the place we met, just beautiful, gorgeous. We were fortunate. We invested in ourselves, we infe- invested in Travis Chapel. And even if there's bumps along the road, you know, it gets figured out. And it was just an amazing time that we got to uh, know more about each other on a personal level and then a business, you know, business entrepreneurship. In Costa Rica not a bad place to start
0: not a bad place at all and of course we even got to have a little bit of fun playing some golf which we really got to hang out and spend some time and uh, (laughs) listen to some some birds power us up
1: (laughs) yeah man yeah and some random animals on the course and you know who knows what the heck was going on but that was pretty cool that was my first time golfing in six years
0: wow I mean we went through a uh, had a little rainstorm uh, approaching had lightning storm going on had iguanas uh, trying to keep uh, golf balls away from iguanas And uh, so that was just a a really fun experience. The whole trip was just amazing just to be able to connect. And, you know, that's what it's about. And, you know, Brandon, that's ultimately what even this podcast is about, man, is people investing in themselves and taking people like yourself and investing into other people. So I, I can't thank you enough for being on here and for all the listeners that are tuning in. You know, ultimately, this is to help you guys to find and take the things that you've gone through in your life and find purpose through it. You know, because we all experience pain in some sort of way, some sort of degree. Everybody may be different, but it's still painful. It can still be a a really bad experience. And I don't measure my pain versus somebody else's. It's not a comparison because we all go through it, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think think the interesting thing or the important thing here, you know, one of them is while you're on your journey, sharing it, letting people know, you know, from a respectful standpoint through social or whatever it is, it's important because a lot of people just see the end product. They see like, you know, oh my gosh, well, they're already successful. You know, I'm wearing a shirt that says success on it, but they've already hit their success. But do they get to actually hear the journey, the bumps, the bruises? You know, the road to success is paved in skeletons. I forget who the author is of that, but it's so true along the way. And whether you're on your way up or you're on the way down or you're just coasting, you're going to have pot shots thrown at you, man. You're going to have you're going to have people that just want to be nasty and you got to learn how to drown out that noise, whether it's people, whether it's social media, whatever it is, surround yourself with the right people, go to the right masterminds, connect with the right coaches, find the right cornermen, corner women, and, and implement them in your life. You know, as, as you're doing that, you're going to be, you're going to have to find out that your cup is full, your figurative cup is full. And when that cup's full, you're gonna have to take people out habits out, whatever that is. And the one thing that we got to remember is when we start to refill that cup with the right people, you want to make sure you refill it with the right people because you could refill it with something that is worse than what you just got rid of.
0: Yeah. You know, and talking about that, Brandon, it's interesting that you bring that up. We all go through seasons in life, right? And we meet people like right now, the season in my life, you're a part of it. Yeah. You know? And who's to say that six months from now, whether we'll be a part of each other's seasons, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. People think that because if somebody comes in and out of their life, you know, of course, if it's a negative impact, you definitely don't want to keep them longer than they, than they need to be. Right. But they think because, okay, we're friends. We hung out in Costa Rica. We're on each other's podcast. Now we're developing a relationship. There's no doubt that we're going to do some stuff in the future, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be a part of each other's life or season for forever. Right. You know, And and that's okay, because when you grow, you're not going to always have those same people in in your life. And that's completely okay. I'm going to gain things from you, and you're going to gain things from me. And, And at some point in time, that will probably eventually dry up, because we both are going different directions. We're still moving up in life. We're still growing in life. But your growth may look different than mine. It may be faster than mine. It may be slower, or vice versa. I might get stuck. You know, who who knows? But it's recognizing that when people do come into your life, and that's the purpose that, that's growth itself is when you recognize that somebody can come into your life, whether it's for a small period of time, maybe it's just a minute, maybe it's a couple days, maybe it's a couple weeks, an hour, you know, whatever the case is, a couple of years. Get what you can from those individuals and then know and recognize, okay. Now I need to make room for somebody else in my life now to be able to speak into my life, to be able to grow in my life. And it's, it's just interesting that you were saying that you were talking about that.
1: Yeah, and I and seasons is a great way to look at it. And, it. and it is okay when people fall in and out. One of the things as you start becoming better than the version you were the day before, you always wanna strive to be better than you were the day before. If you're the same person you are 30 days later, then what did you really do? What you're gonna hear and um, we'll use nicknames that people call me. You know, B is a nickname that people call me sometimes if they're close and in the family. Hey, B, you're not the same person. Hey, we don't have the same conversations we used to. I don't understand what you're doing. You're going to get that. And that doesn't make the person that is giving you that comment anything different. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it, it could be a family member and, you, you know, typically you're not going to try to get rid of family members in your life. But as you hear those those bugged me at first, it really did. And it wasn't until I got Dr. Jeff Spencer um an amazing human being a gift in my life that i started learning as i continue i was like yeah i've been hearing this for a few years now he's like yeah you know he was able to see around corners so having the right people in your corner having the right people in your life they will help navigate as you start to make those changes As you start to to lead whether it's a life of purpose or if you build a company that is for purpose you will start hearing that as you have fewer conversations with those that really understand and want to be along with that journey. That's okay. They're gonna just say, Hey, we don't connect like we used to. Have the conversation with them and then move on.
0: Yeah. And, and there's and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And you, you mm-hmm. have to be able to make room for growth, you know, because eventually, regardless of what level we grow, everybody's doing it at a different pace, right? And, and we may be on the same exact path, but yours. I may be slower. Well, I don't want to keep you held up. And at the end of the day, you don't want to be held up by me. And it's okay to say, hey, look, man, Joe, man, I'm here for you at any time. But it's okay to be like, hey, I got to do my thing. Yeah, I think
1: one of the things is that I love and I work work, staying in the same realm is like a mastermind. You're going to have people, different people of all different levels. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to be in like the top five smartest people in that room. I want to be in like the lowest portion of the smartest people in that room. And, and that's where I, I find some of the most amazing growth. And here's why the people that are ahead of me, when they see what I'm building, when they see what I'm doing, they're sitting there helping pull me up. Yeah, It's like a ladder and they're helping pull you up. They're helping pull your, you know, our, our mentor and, and friend, Travis Chapel says, who doesn't want to go to the, who doesn't want the fast pass and go to the front of the line at Disney world? Like, why wouldn't you? And that's really what a mastermind—that's really what the right circles help do—is they help pull you up. They realize, hey, you know what? This person needs this. I'm going to be there for them. When they see your grit, your grind, your ingenuity, what you're wanting to build, those people ahead of you will pull you up.
0: Absolutely, Brandon. we had some—we had some similarities that I—that I read about you. About um, you were back in grade school, mixing, mm-hmm. stuff, played and and selling, and becoming that early on entrepreneur. Of course. I think I did mind the, the dishonest way of, of stealing candy and going back and, and selling it. Um, I, I guess I could have been a politician, but uh, that, that didn't happen.
1: <laughs> you still have hope. You still have a chance.
0: <laughs> I've changed my ways, brother. I've changed my ways. Take me back to that time where that, entrepreneur, that entrepreneurial mindset started to develop in you, even as a young kid, and how that's formulated to where you're at today.
1: Yeah, I think a big part of this, and you know, the word entrepreneur, why I think in my bio, it's like, you know, before it was popular or trendy or whatever it is, I think it's utilized just like the word coach is overutilized too much. Like I'm a coach of this. I'm a coach of that. I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. There are times when the word entrepreneur is you just created a job because you can't handle authority. So I find that an interesting thing. And I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I didn't know the word entrepreneur, but I saw what my dad was doing. I saw, saw how hard he was working and, and, and what he was building. And so it kind of just, you know, by listening to those conversations over dinner, because if we wanted to see my dad, we had to go to the business. That was really the main place where we saw my father. And so I just saw how things were working. And without even really knowing, I'm like, gosh, this seems fun. Like at some point, like I want to do this. This is the world I want to live into. So I was like, hey, I like Kool-Aid packets. I like sugar. Why not take sugar and mix it with sugar in essence, put it together and let's make a few bucks. Now, I didn't have much of a business plan, I'll be honest with you. I was just thinking, I'll take two products that are in the cupboard, mix them together, and I don't know if I was selling them for a nickel or for 25 cents. I can't remember what it was, a little baggy. And and the kids loved it. They ate it up. It was the problem. I didn't recognize that the market I was going after had people that oversaw them, parents, adults. (laughs) So this business, this entrepreneurial journey lasted maybe two summers because it was a summer thing that I was doing. You know, I was it was was a lot easier. You bring that to school. And I knew I was getting kicked out pretty quick. And the kids ate it up. Now, parents started coming on, knocking on the door and like, you know, you you can't do this. And that actually made the kids want it more because the parents were saying no. So about about after two summers of, of slinging this and not realizing, hey, by the way, my plan had one more hole in it. Every kid's house had sugar packets and Kool Aid packets. So, like, all I was giving them was paying them for, you know, selling them something they already had once they realized that. But it was, it was a really good first step into entrepreneurship and realizing, hey, my target market, they liked it, but the people that had the money didn't like it so much.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny how, you know, when we we look at that right there, and I I got to thinking, I'm like, Okay, they had the same thing at home, but how many times do we ha- do we run across something that we already have, but yet we don't have? We have a limiting belief system of not being able to provide the same product. You
1: know? I think I think that happens a lot. Our our human DNA is is the voice that we hear saying no. Our human DNA is the one that sits there and tricks us and makes it think it's the champion's mindset. So my corner man, Dr. Jeff Spencer, talks about human DNA, champion's mindset. And we go through this on a weekly basis. And and really our limiting beliefs is that voice that we need to shut out. Now, here's the thing. It's never gonna go away. So the sooner that we accept that that human voice, that human DNA is always gonna be there, but we can recognize it when it creeps up, when it gives us that self-doubt, and then the champion's mindset sits there and says, "No. Here's the course that we're going to take is the sooner that we can overcome that. We just have to realize that gosh, even the best athletes in the world, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Tom Brady, uh Drew Brees, I figure I would throw, a, you know, your neck of the woods in there. Yeah. When we realize that even the best of the best athletes, have that human dna voice just sitting there saying you can't you can't you know you're you're limited to what you can do is the sooner that we're able to overcome it and again i think it goes back to having the right coach having the right mentor having the right mastermind to help see that and guide you through that process
0: absolutely absolutely you know and you you alluded to this fact about earlier and i i call it this i call it the hell in the hallway and it's going through that journey of life before you get to where you are now. Okay. Now, of course, it's a journey. So it's never going to stop, right? Until life ends. But you look at yourself now, a successful uh, entrepreneur, you know, multiple businesses, a husband, a father, you know, that's success in itself, right there. And everybody measures success differently. But what we don't get to hear, and like a lot of people, like you say, you know, you look at somebody like Tony Robbins or even Grant Cardone, or even, you know, look at presidents, look at, look at people in in government and people think, oh, they must have been born with a silver spoon in their mouth. They have all this money and all they do is fly around on jets and things like that. And nothing wrong with any of that at all. You know, I'm training to be a pilot, so I'll have a jet one day. I'll just be fine at myself, you know, but a lot of people don't talk about their journey They don't talk about how they got there. And that's a struggle for a lot of people because ultimately, regardless of how much people say they don't want something, it's really deep inside. They're screaming, man, I want it. I just have no idea how to get there. I just don't know that I can do it. And if they would really hear the stories of how people walked through their own journey, it would honestly be a lot more motivating and encouraging and inspiring to people because then they're like, man, you're just like I am. Take me back to some of this stuff that as you've grown, you know, walking through your hell in the hallway and, and your journey of, uh, you know, you mentioned bankruptcy to me and things like that. So talk to me about these struggles that you've faced in life.
1: Yeah. And, be, and before we get into that, I want you would mention something, the word success. And one of the big things is defining success. Mm. Why so many people don't do it is because once we define it, we've also defined failure. So I want the people out there to actually define what success is. Now I defined success at one point in my life and I was wrong and that's okay. Realizing tying it to a number, a met, you know, specific metric doesn't always make it right. So you can change the definition of success. And that's a, that's a whole nother story maybe we'll get into, but let's, let's, as you said, rewind it. And, um, I think it's, it's the bumps, the bruises, and the cuts, that, that really change us and remind us of who we are, where we're going and why we're doing what we're doing. And my first one that, that I truly remember was, was when my family went bankrupt and I grew up biggest restaurant in the town, uh, street named after us. You know, there were, there were like five family names in the town and, and those were the prominent families, however you want to look at it. And when my family went bankrupt, I believe, uh, I was in third grade didn't know any different other than, hey, you've got whatever you want, whenever you want it, and you don't even have to think about how you got it. Now, my parents were strict. They were loving. You know, They made sure that we had chores. So I don't want to just sit there and say, hey, I had that silver spoon, but life was good. All of a sudden, when that is yanked out from underneath you, you're living in not the best conditions. One of the places was called Olympic Village. There was nothing Olympic about it. It was was not a quality place. And then all of a sudden you go to school. And back then families actually used to eat breakfast together. I don't know if anyone remembers that this is when meals were eaten together. Breakfast and dinner were, were, you know, synonymous with eating together. And so the breakfast conversations that the children at that age would overhear would be our family's name was in the newspaper, um, the bankruptcy, the, you know, what, however you want to look at it. And so they'd come to school and I'd start hearing things and it really impacted me, really affected me because I didn't understand, like, I realized we were not living the way we were anymore and I didn't question that. But when I heard my peers at the time, you know, other children making fun and laughing about what their parents were saying at the breakfast table, it hurt. So that was my first no in life and realizing that, you know, people's words can impact you, no matter what the age is. And this was the adults not acting like adults, talking in front of the children and uh, poking holes at my family. The next next big significant no in my life that I can really remember, I was uh, fifteen or sixteen in high school, and my math teacher at the time said I wasn't going to amount to anything. School just wasn't for me. I had a brother who was salutatorian of his class. I had a sister that was a world class athlete, number three in the world before she went off to college for for golf, but I was told, listen, school's not for you, don't know what you're gonna become, not gonna make it. And that, that right there, I didn't go home and talk to my parents about it. I just kind of held on to it. And that right there was a that was a huge stinger because that was that was someone that was supposed to nurture, work with me as an educator and just knocked me off at my feet. Yeah. And that's that's a tough thing to hear right there. The next one, and I was still in corporate America at this point. I had realized at a young age that the more I would put into retirement, then I couldn't touch it because if I touched it, I would be taxed. And so it was almost like, you know, you've got a hot pan on the stove and if it's hot, you can't touch it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to create my own hot pan. I'm going to put as much as I can in retirement because then it's always sitting there. It is a, a guiding light to when I need something. And so I had at this point, I was probably 28, 29, somewhere around that. Now, you know, I, I take that. I was like 30, 31. And uh, I had given my retirement from the different companies I'd worked to, I, you know, combined it, moved it along. And I'd given it to a family friend. And it was, you know, in the six figures. And I remember when Bernie made off, you know, when the whole scandal and that came out. And so I'm like, gosh, unlikely return. So I say, hey, I'm going to get on the phone with, uh, you know, family investor in our conversation, you know, come to find out a few weeks later. Yes, I was involved in a Ponzi scheme. All my investments were gone. It was it was everything that I had worked and put aside. The hot pan had just been taken away from me. And at that point, I had had it. I'm like, listen, I've put my faith, I've put my life in other people's hands and it just doesn't seem to work out. So what better to do than make sure that I'm the, 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 the ruler of my own success, failures, you know? And that's when I really, I, I sat there and I was like, I, I've talked about it. My wife, you know, sat there and said, listen, you've been talking about starting your own company, your own business. And it was shit or get off the pot. Stop talking about what you can do. If you want to be, be in charge of your own success, your own companies, your, your own ideas, then you're going to go out and you're going to do it yourself. And so that last one where I'd lost all my retirement was the last no that I had had it. And and those right there were really what allowed me to build my Rubik's Cube, which made it hard and solid and made me realize that if I'm in charge of my own success, I'm in charge of what the future can hold. All these other people that have said no to me, all these other instances that were the no's in my life can't hurt me anymore because now I'm in charge of it. So those items right there really were what led me to where you and I are sitting today and I hold on to them. I don't forget them. I sit there and, and, and it's like fuel. It's a driving force. A no to me is just one more person that I don't need to call up and say, hey, by the way, did you see I did it? Did you see I made it? Yeah, it isn't. It's all those no's are why I do what I do today. And I pass that along to our son who's six now at a much younger age. So he understands. I'll sit there and say. So I'll, what is the byproduct of solving a problem? My son will say money. And I say, do you want to be helpful or do you want to be right? My son will say helpful. So I pass these little nuggets along to him because I want when he has that adversity, because he's going to have it, I, I, you know, he has an unfair advantage, but he needs to understand what adversity is. I want to pass that on at such a young age and, and build that next entrepreneur and whatever the heck he wants
0: to do. Dude, that's, that's amazing, man. That's powerful because, you know, for me, I was in the opposite direction. You know, I let those words really take a hold of me. And because I had a father that was, even though he knew we were smart and he would say we were, he would still put us down where an A minus was not good enough because we should have got an A plus. And you start hearing those words, you're you're busting your butt, you're studying, you know, and you start to hear those words repeatedly time and time again. And it also, it, it basically devalues your efforts. And then for me, it got to the point where I was seeking for approval. I was always seeking for my dad's approval, you know, and I would find something my dad really loved, which was sports at the time. And I'd start applying myself towards sports, knowing and understanding who the who what, you know, who played on the baseball team or the football team or basketball and all their statistics and different things like that. And it like I felt approved. I felt acknowledged by my dad until that day came. He says, well, if you would apply yourself in school like you do with sports knowledge, then you'd be a straight A student. And so for me, I didn't go the route you went, I took it as rejection, I took it as abandonment, I took it as always seeking the approval. And I wasn't in charge of my own life. I wasn't I I let other people dictate that. And it's it's a powerful, both both avenues or both journeys are very powerful. One just led me down to always seeking after what everybody else was saying, you know, and for that. And it led to a lot, a lot of limiting beliefs. I, I mean, a ton of limiting beliefs, one that could have led me into being a, a multi-millionaire, if not a billionaire, um, starting a, uh, a 24-hour access gym. This was back in 2003 when they didn't exist. And I, I'm like, the first person that mentioned it to me, they're like, I'm like, no, that'll never take insurance. will, you know. I talked myself out of it before I ever even tried to talk myself into it you know, yeah. just limiting belief systems. So it's it's powerful, you know, and we're talking to different people that have, that, you know, people are listening that have your mindset or had your mindset then at that time that's, you know, led them on to being that person in charge, but then also the people in the middle and then the people that are like myself, it's just like, man, Joseph, I can relate to you because I didn't do this, this and this, or Brandon, I can relate to you because I have done this. So as you started to develop that, What happened from there as you started to create this mindset in you of you're going to be in charge of your own success, you know, and then even implementing that with your son now, how has that been a game factor? How's that been a game changer for you? And what's that led you to?
1: Yeah. One of the things that I want to point out that'll still creep in that, that human DNA is going to still creep out. And this can be as short as a month ago, even for me. It's still going to sit there. Other, you're going to still allow those voices to kind of chirp along. And it doesn't mean that I'm 100% all the time like, I have got this. You know, I'm throwing my hands up in the air for anyone that can't see it right now. You got to surround yourself with the right coach, mastermind, right friends, right people, because self doubt will creep in there. You just have to recognize it. So I don't want you to think that by any means I have mastered it whatsoever. I've just mastered the fact of making sure I'm surrounding myself with the people that can get me through that a lot quicker. So even today, Man, it still creeps. And I went to my wife here three, four weeks ago. I said, man, something's just, it's just off. I'm just not. And she's like, come on, you know, you got this. So it, it can. I don't want you to think that, hey, once you got it, you got it licked. It's still yeah. going to creep in there. Because one of the big no's that happened for me that I, I, I just remembered was when I was going to start my first company, I was told no by family and friends. Do not do this. You're getting married. <laughs> do not start your own company. The fail rate is astronomical. And they had given me the percentages of it. Now my oldest company is over 10 years old over 8,000 clients, Uh, I I mean, so like being told no was one more driving force for me to start, still one of my companies, and I've exited another company, so uh, where, where where does the mindset go, you know? I think preparation, that's a big one right there. When my mindset is at the strongest, when my limiting beliefs are at the lowest, like, you know, I'm able, I can push through it, it's because I've prepared, I know what's coming, I can name it. So if I have an emotion, a feeling or fact that's happening around me, I can actually put a name to it. Like we've got an event coming up here in August. So if I'm worried about how many, you know, are we going to get the 40 people? Are we going to get the, you know, however many people that need to be there? I've got to put name that because that emotion only has a certain period of time to run its course. Meaning by the time the middle of August is there and gone, I don't have to put the energy I don't have to put, you know, how much longer am I going to have to be concerned? Was this an amazing event, even though I know it's going to be? So naming that emotion, naming where you're at and what you've got in front of you is super important. And as as it goes, as as we continue, I, I, I know from a fact that I'm going to those thoughts, those rate limiting factors, they will creep in from time to time. I'm okay with that because now I've actually put pen to paper and said, okay, you're going to feel this at, again, at some given point, you can tether it to what your, your team has taught you, what your, your corner man, what your coach has taught you. That way you can name it and say, okay, this is going to go away. And here's what I do to get that go away. Hopefully that makes sense. in what I'm, you know, how I'm trying to explain, like, it doesn't stop. The rate limiting beliefs are going to creep in on something. It could be as mundane as we're having friends over. Is this going to be a fun night?" Um, I've got a new project that I'm starting in front of my company. Is this going to be a success? All different things. You just have to realize that like that emotion, the feeling, not so much factual, but the feeling is gonna pop into your head and that's okay. You just got to know how to work through it. Navigate through that feeling a lot quicker. And that's what, that's what having your, the, the, the right people in your corner can do.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you said about suppress, preparation suppresses, you know, those beliefs and those thoughts that they're going to pop in, you know, they're going to pop in for different sure. things in our life, you know, whether it's people. So, like for me, I didn't realize I dealt with so much rejection as a young kid from my dad that it simmed over into me trying to pursue females when I was young, you know, Marine Corps days and things like that, right? Well, of course, eventually I got married. I'm married at the age of 27. And then when my wife passes away, You know, down the road, I'm like, okay, well, I want to continue on with my life, you you know. And I mean, the very first thing that popped in my head when she passed away is, I'm 40, almost 41 years old, and I'm like, and I'm never going to be able to start back all over. And I'm like, no, I, I want, I want to start all over. I want to be able to. Now, of course, that was soon. I wasn't looking to do it then, but I remember Brandon. You know, when I first reached out to. Uh, not just flirt with somebody, but like take them out. And, you know, and then it got to the point where they said, don't ever message me again. And I'm telling you, brother, every bit of rejection that I felt as a kid from my dad and the avoidance of being rejected by females rose up inside of me. And like, I'm like, I'm getting jittery. My hands are shaking my, like the pit of my stomach and I I remember that feeling and I didn't even realize I still had it because I had been married for almost 14 years. And then I had to start telling myself, I had to mentally start preparing myself of, okay, no, I am worthy of this. I am this. I, and it took me a while. It took me a while to kind of get through those things, but it's amazing that you talk about the preparation because, you know, how do we ultimately, this is a question for you to, to, and especially to the listeners that I want to think about, when you're faced with a limiting belief, right? Okay. It's the first time you've been faced with it, never thought about it. Somebody comes up and you says, hey, I want you to invest in this or I want you to do this. You know, how do you prepare for something that you don't have knowledge of? What, what's the first thing that you need to do when that that limiting belief comes in it? Because that's, that's going to pop in first. Yeah. That's going to pop in first before anything else. How do you combat that to get to the place of preparation for it?
1: So I'm going to say how I've worked through it. And it doesn't mean it's the only answer. It doesn't mean it's the answer for you. But this is, this is what, what I've done. I try to bring fewer charges, if any, to a conversation. I try to bring fewer memories of, of how I believe the outcome and the answer should be. So by, by doing that, not bringing the charge, not bringing a past conversation that has nothing to do with the present one, My emotions go from where I used to say I wear my emotions on my sleeve to where I can see it with fresh eyes. Now, I can tell you in the last six months, which is where where I've really learned a lot of this, my personal life, my household life, my business life, my employees, my stock price has skyrocketed, has just gone up. I've seen different laughs. Uh, more intent driven conversations because I'm not going to a conversation with the charge and I'm not bringing another example into the conversation that's happening. I'm going in with a fresh set of eyes. Those two things right there have changed everything personally and business wise for me. And when I, when I go in to that, where someone is, is bringing me Something that makes I I say it starts in my stomach and it rises to my throat. And then, you know, I just can't. It's like a ringing in my ear that I can't get rid of it. If it impacts me that way, I have to now tether that to something. Okay, why am I why am I feeling this way? Is this a fact or is this a feeling? Yeah. What's going on right here? Facts or feelings? And if I, if, it, if I say it's feelings, then a lot of the time I'm like, wait a minute, I'm probably bringing in a, converse, a previous conversation, a previous example that has nothing to do. Joseph and I go into a conversation and you make me feel a certain way, or I allow myself to feel a certain way. I can sit there and tether that to, wait a minute, this happened before. It doesn't mean that that's what Joseph is trying to bring to this. Remember, fresh set of eyes. Don't bring that emotional charge. You can start actually realizing what that conversation is really valued at. And that's one of the things that I, like I said, I have that ability now. Now, self-doubt still creeps in. (laughs) Human mindset still creeps in. But I have that ability now. And again, I bring that back to because of the people that I surround myself with. That's the biggest thing. I've gotten rid of the wrong people in the right order and allowed the right people in the right order to come and fill my Rubik's Cube. I always say my Rubik's Cube because I take... Other companies, other people's ideas, place them in there, how it pertains to me, move it around. And then, you know, I build such a strong barrier right there so I can go back and I'm like, hey, you know what? I need help with this. Who do I go to in my Rubik's Cube? Ah, Joseph James. Perfect. Joseph, hey, want to go over this with you because you impacted me this way. Um, I think you, you're the, you know, a you know, product expert in this. Let's hop on a call. Yeah. And so that right there was a game changer. Feelings or facts? Don't bring a previous conversation in. You're in the date. So you got the dating world. 14 years, man. If you had brought everything from your previous relationship and said this, these new relationships have to be like this was for the last 14 years, you probably would have already set the future Mrs. James up for failure.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I don't know if you remember when Travis talked to us in Costa Rica, but he talked about when it comes to rejection, this could be rejection of business, relationships, you know, family. We we all have dealt with the word no at some point in time in our life, you know? And and he ultimately he said he said a couple of things. He says, We are not the reason that they're rejecting us. But he says, if you're already living in the worst case scenario, you know, if you ask the worst is no, right? If you ask the question, the worst people can say is no. But if you don't ask, they're, already, they're not coming to you to ask you the question. If you don't ask whomever it be, the the business partner, hey, can I borrow this? Or hey, I want to do this. Can you help me? They're not going to come to you with the idea that you have because you yeah. have it. Right. Yeah. The worst someone is going to say is no. Like, that's okay. Now, hey, I'll
1: be honest with you. Like, if I had ever go in the dating pool again, I, I'd probably be fearful. Like, I, I'd just be like, hey, I'm out, man. So my hat's off to you because- you know, it's, it, it, I'd, I'd be scared. But the reality is everything in life is sales. Everything in life is 100%. full of rejection. When people say, I'm not a salesperson, I can't sell. I'm like, baloney. Every morning you have sold yourself to get up, brush your teeth, make your coffee, use the restroom, change and go to your job. You sold yourself on how to do that. It's just embedded in you. Yeah. So everything from there else, once you actually can take that and you can put that in other parts of your life, like you could have said No. You have to be okay with the decision not to get up, brush your teeth, and get ready. But everything is sales. And so hearing no, we hear no all the time. It's just, it's, it's, if we don't ask the question, we'll never know. They might not even know that you do what you do for a living because you never asked. Yeah, It's okay to hear the word no. Yeah. It sucks. I don't want to hear the word no. And I don't want to sit there and have someone say, well, you got you to gotta get a thousand no's to get one Yes that's a pretty big uphill battle, but you got to hear the word. No, it's just, we hear it all the time.
0: Right. And, you know, and, and then it's ultimately, you know, I read a book not too long ago by Mel Robbins, you know, and, um, it's her five, four, three, two, one, you know, the five second rule. And that was a big game changer for me because ultimately the brain is there to protect us, but the way it protects us is through fear. The same fear, that we would have jumping off of a bridge, doing a bungee jumping is the same fear that we would experience uh, from taking on, you, you know, investing again, investing in a family friend or a family, you know, business partner and things like that. You know, the brain doesn't know how to distinguish the two because it's, it's, it's ultimately there to protect us, you know, but our own rational thoughts can be like, no, I know that I can do this. I know that I can do this. Jumping out, I'd rather jump out of a plane with a parachute than I would bungee jump. Yeah. You know, I look at it this way, brother. If if the parachute doesn't pull, I've got time to pray. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, if the bungee cord snaps, I don't know if I had time to even do anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, asking is better than not asking because you, if, if you don't ask them. You're going to hold in the back of your mind, well, they would have said no. And then you're going to hold a charge that has nothing to do with that. I had one. I needed a, I don't know how long ago this was. This is, you know, seven, eight years ago. I needed to raise $135,000 inside of like a week and a half for a project. And that was, you know, that was, I, I had my own investment in there, but I needed to raise an additional $135,000. dollars i had already proven to family and friends and people around me like, hey, I'm able to and have been able to build a successful company. But still at the end of the day, I had to go do it. And I remember I got a, I got a couple notes on there. And then the same people that told me, no, actually came back, you know, a few days later because it was how I positioned it. It was how I explained it to them. I, you know, they weren't ready for what I was explaining. A few days later, they came back. Then a week and a half, two weeks, whatever it was, I'd raised 135,000, not a lot of money, but you know, I needed it on a short term basis. Investment paid out for everyone as equally as it was, but they all, they said, no, and I didn't have hurt feelings. They just came back later and said, Hey, it was how you positioned it. So sometimes when you ask someone, you have to realize, are they in the frame of mind to accept what you're offering? And did you actually position it or did you explain it in the way that it, they understood it? So sometimes it's our delivery and why we get to know,
0: you know, and and then also I heard this, um, this came from, um, Steve Harvey, uh, Steve Harvey and Bishop TD Jakes were kind of saying the same thing on a motivational video I was listening to. When you get a vision for something, okay, it's your vision. I'm not supposed to see it. That's the vision's not for me. Now, there are people that can capture your vision and get on board with your vision, but most of our no's are simply because that's not what other people see. Yeah. And and I wish I would have known that and recognized that as a young person, you know, and dealing with, and I remember when I was talking to a life coach and I was dealing with so much rejection, they're like, Joseph, you have to understand that it's, you're not the reason they're rejecting you. There's things going on in their life that they're like, hey, this guy isn't for me because I'm not where he's at.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, and when I started to realize that, I'm like, man, you're right. It's, it's not about me. It's not about me itself. Not saying there's nothing wrong with me, you know, but it's not about me why they're saying no. And I started to know and understand that it's like the more I find myself in the midst of needing an answer the more i'm asking and the more i'm okay with the word no because i'm like oh that's fine you're just you know what thank you lord thank you god for giving me that no because they're not supposed to be a part of this
1: yeah yeah And, and you asked that's the key thing you asked the question yeah again we're so invested we're putting together the project I was telling you about. We're so invested that we were reading it through our eyes. Well, of course, the end user is going to know how awesome this is. Of course, the end user is going to read it the same way. No, when we explain something to someone else, we're already five steps ahead in that conversation. Yeah, We're already invested emotionally. And so when you're, when you're delivering something that you might get a no on, you have to realize they're not on the same playing field as you are. You, yeah. they haven't been there and invested as much time as they have in your business in your dream in your vision in your mission vision and values your MVV yeah so
0: they just might not be there and that's not their fault yeah and you know and, and going into whether this be business or you know people having you know the, the trauma that they've gone through in life when you and this is just something that I've kind of learned and taken away from and you can definitely add in on on, on your end when you share something with somebody. Okay. Let's say it's getting out of something toxic or it's not, it's, it's, I've made a bad decision about something, you know, and some people, and you share it with somebody and they're not on board, not saying that they don't give you good insight, but if they're saying, no, you know what, just, just stay in this bad thing or just keep on pressing or keep on believing it's, it's going to get better. Find somebody else to talk to, find somebody else that can, that can align with your belief system. You know, and that's, I think that's really important. You know, one thing that I wasn't doing as a young kid, I wasn't aligning myself with somebody that can speak into me. I didn't have that, you know, and I just kept on going down. I kept on going for the approval of the very first person that was rejecting me the most. Yeah. And just saying, okay, I'm not getting approval from you. Let me just go over here and get the approval. Let me go over here and get what feeds me and what fuels me. So Brandon, you, you dealt with the rejection, you dealt with the words no, and you, you, you kept pressing forward, you kept pressing forward, you know, you lost, you had the bankruptcy that the family went through, you had the money taken from you. And where has that brought you to, how is the mindset that you're at now? And we know it's not perfect because it's still developing, but how is that, tell me where you're at today compared to where just a few years ago when your mindset wasn't there.
1: Acceptance. I've accepted who I am. I've accepted that no is continues to be okay. I've accepted that not every day is going to just be a 10 star day, but I know how to get through it a lot quicker when I need to pick up that phone, send that message, surround myself and have a quick conversation with the right people, which I get to on a daily basis. So that's super awesome. Like all day long, I get to have fun conversations with people like you. And I can navigate the murky waters a lot easier. I can actually navigate to where I don't end up in those murky waters. So I have to have that human mindset pop in there more often. And it's just, I'm able to move through it so much quicker. And, and it's like, you know, I forget what the movie was, but where the bullet bends around the corner. I wanted. Yes. Was uh, Angelina Jolie.
0: Yep, wanted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so that is when you surround yourself with badass ninjas. That is the moment when you can see around corners or they see around the corner for you before it's going to happen. You recognize something before you step in the pothole. And I, I, want, I want the listeners to think of something. We celebrate when someone gets out of that pothole. We celebrate when someone gets out of trouble, okay? So it's like when you, when, when you had those rate-limiting beliefs, we celebrate when everyone gets out of that. That's, and that's great, but think about this. Why aren't we celebrating when someone doesn't get in there? So you should look to celebrate the people that also don't get in there. Let them know, man, this is awesome. What you've been doing is great. Giving them that pat on the back, that might be something that they just might need. So just because someone hasn't stepped in that pothole, celebrate them as well. Just don't celebrate because you were able to step out of that shadow.
0: You know, it's funny that you say that because I thought you were going to actually go a different direction with that. And so, you know, when we celebrate victories – it's completely okay to celebrate defeats. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, if you look at defeat as a bad thing, like I don't look at failures as a bad or horrible thing. I look at failures as life lessons. And if I look at them as life lessons and I celebrate, you know what, man, it just didn't work out this way. Like I had a firearms business, I used to teach firearms and combatives, and I used to travel around teaching it. I was extremely knowledgeable. I was very good at teaching because I had so much experience doing it when I was in the Marine Corps. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to market myself. I didn't know how to use social media to my advantage. I am glad that that quote unquote failed because what that did is that taught me that the next business I have, because I was at that point, I was, I had that entrepreneurial mindset that I have to change something. Now I went from training, you know, in firearms and self-defense to training dogs. Okay. So two total different worlds. However, the business was still the same. And I had to learn very quickly that if I was going to be successful with dogs, yeah, you had the aspect of training the dogs. That was great. I learned how to do that, but now I had to become successful in, in growing the business. But I celebrated the fact that, you know what, instead of beating myself down, that I'll never be able to have a successful business because this thing was unsuccessful. I had to take that and be like, you know what? I'm glad I learned the things that I did. I celebrate for what I did for what I didn't do. I celebrate for the failures that I had, the life lessons, because now I can take all that and put it towards this new business. And then now the celebration is different. Yeah. Which is I learned this new thing. Versus repeating what I did in the old. Now, have I had failures in the dog training business? Of course I have, you know, but I'm like, I still celebrate that. I didn't make X amount of money this month because now that pushes me to make it even more. I got, I I got, I got to cover it next month. You know, it continues to push me and push me and push me. It's fuel for me.
1: If you don't learn from your past mistakes, past failures, past things that you were out of your control, literally just out of your control. The pandemic was out of people's control. You know, it. it, 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 and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. You know, there's all different sides on that one. But there are things that are out of your control. As long as you learn, you don't, if if you have the opportunity to not make the same mistake, but yet you still make the same mistake again and again by by design, by intention, then shame on you. But as long as you learn from it and you don't make that mistake again, in what is in your control and what you have built, then learn from it. Take it. Use, like you said, fuel to the fire and move forward for when that, that doesn't happen and be like,
0: I got this, man. I got this. Love it. Love it. Brennan, you've recently, it wasn't too recent, but you started a podcast. You really wanted to get into helping people's mindset, helping people develop who they are, get past their limiting beliefs, get past where they're at in life and really just, I, I mean, go after it. And, you know, of course, on your podcast, the mastermind effect and, you know, having that gateway to to lead and give mentality to lead with the give mentality. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about what the mastermind effect is.
1: Yeah, the idea behind it really came from the company that um, that we launched this year, the success finder. And I realized that, man, there was just so much noise out there, whether it was social media noise, whether it was coaches noise, mastermind noise, that a lot of people didn't know who to invest in. Now, first thing you should look at who you should invest in is yourself. Bigger yeah. than the stock market, housing market, bigger than crypto. First and foremost, invest in yourself because you can control the ROI on that. But people didn't know like who is the coach or the mentor or the mastermind that I should invest in. So I'm like, listen, man selfishly, I get to learn for free myself by finding some of the most amazing talent around the world. And then I get to share that message. I get to lead with the give mentality, interview these people. Then the listeners on the podcast are able to sit there and like cipher through and say, Hey, you know, is this person for me? Is Joseph James for me? Is Steve Sims for me? Is Travis chapel for me? And, and by doing that, it, it helps kind of cut through some of their steps. And so the, the mastermind effect was really an easy gateway in building the success finder because we were able to find the, the coaches and the masterminds and the mentors that really were the result leaders, not the thought. I, I love thought leaders. That's great. But my six-year-old has a thought when he gets up in the morning. Like, I want someone that's going to get me the results. My, you know, I, I want the activators, not the motivators. I love when Tony gets on stage, Dean gets on stage, you know, other people get on stage and I want to be motivated, but I want them to activate me. Like, hey, here's where you're at. Here's where you want to go. Here are some steps that you need to do. They're going to activate to actually get results out of that. And I think it was so important for us to have the podcast so listeners out there can go and find out more about these coaches than previously. Then from there, that springboards into the success finder to where they're able to connect with them, get into their mastermind, get into their into their coaching program, whatever that is, because those are the coaches that have been vetted. So when you sit there and you see an ad come across and someone's just you know, what we found is the marketers were better at marketing than the coaches. Right. And like, how do we cut that out? You know, I'm, I'm tired of seeing all these dang advertisements out there. Okay. Now I'm not talking about ad agencies. You know, there's some brilliant ad agencies are out there, but people that are actually going to get you the results. And that was, that was the idea behind the mastermind effect. We're able to interview some of the most unbelievable result leaders in the world. And in turn, we're able to create a platform to help coaches, Cut out the noise, all the social media stuff that's going on out there, because let's be honest, Facebook's not there for you. Instagram's not there for you. They want to show, you know, the people not what's most relevant, not what they need, but what's going to keep them on their platform longer. And so that was really the idea behind how can we help cut out the noise and, and curate a safe place to give the coaches what they want, when they want it, when it matters most to them to help them build their community.
0: That's amazing, brother. That really is because, you know, it's a tool for people. not not only just myself, but also the listeners can go on and get that coaching, reach out to those people all in the same because there's, there's so much fluff out there, you know, and there's so much and just being able to weed through it. And, you know, I was, I was going through I was on your page and just some of your podcast episodes, you know, learning through the concept of unschooling, why everybody, why every coach needs a coach, you know, how to solve your problems, you know, investing in you, achieving a life beyond limits, fight or flight. I mean, those right there, those are are key elements to living. Those are key elements for everyday growth. And like you said, I don't care how much money you have, how much money you don't have, where you come from, no matter where we're at demographically in the world. No matter what atmosphere we were raised in, whether we're white, black, black, yellow, purple, pink, you know, whatever the case is, no matter race or gender, what you claim to be, what you identify to be, we all have one thing that no matter any of those things that are different, we all have one thing that's the same, and that's time. We all have 24 hours in a day, so we all have the ability to be able to invest in ourselves, and honestly... Even though I know you and I spend money, you know, a lot of money investing in ourselves. Investing is really free. Investing in yourself is really free. Meditating, exercise, you know, breathing. I mean, yoga, all this different stuff is free. But yet now, of course, with the ability of, of the Internet and things like that, you have podcasting. It's free, you know, yeah. the ability to be able to grow. And so I just want to encourage the listeners out there that that are listening today or even at later on times is Take the opportunity that no matter what you're going through in life, take it as a lesson that you're going through. It's a season that you're going through and find a way to get out of it. Okay. And a one way, a great way of getting out of anything is investing in yourself. Because when you do that, then you start getting equipped with the tools on and the preparation to be able to get past those limiting beliefs. You know, you can dig a hole all day long. You can either dig it deeper. You can get yourself out of it. The shovel can be used for different things you know? So yeah, uh, Brandon, what is the best way I've got your, your email, but you know, what's the best way for people to be able to connect with you and, and, and really, if they want to reach out or get involved in what you're doing, listening to your podcast, share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Easiest way you can email me, Brandon at the success It's below. Now I love to work with people and deal with people that have intent. That's what our platform does. So I'm going to give one out there. OK, and then if anyone takes action on it, I will have something returned that I will give back to them. You know, we're all looking. How do we invest in ourselves? I got a free mastermind. It's not mine, but because of the platform we've built, I can invite you over to a free mastermind. No, there's not an upsell. No, there's not some funnel down, funnel up, funnel or anything. So if you have intent, I'm going to give you one right here. Go and download the success finder on whatever app store you're on. OK, if you have a problem with it, it's in beta. Email me. You got that below. Download it. Go to the chat feature in there. Super easy. It says chat, bottom right-hand side. Message me. I heard you on Joseph James Podcast. All right? I'm looking for the next level. I will take that, and that lets me know where you came from, and I'll get you into a free mastermind. It's amazing. It's been around for over 10 years. You've got seven, eight, and nine-figure entrepreneurs that come and go out of this one on on a monthly basis. So download the app, message me, I heard John Joseph James mastermind. I'll move to the next level. Here's the other thing on the podcast. I'm not a coach. I don't have a mastermind, but I'm taking more than six figures of what my coaches and the masterminds that I've been involved with. And that is where the solo shows or That's where the episodes come from. So what I'm learning, I'm passing along and how it's important to me at that moment. So take a listen to the podcast. If you want message me there as well. That's amazing,
0: brother. Um, I need to jump in on that. (laughs) I'm all, I'm all about stuff like that, you know, and, Brandon, you've also got a, a workshop or a seminar coming up in August. Um, yes. Is it too early to, to, to talk about that? Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, we're going to announce it this week. So we've you know just kind of been you know putting it out there a little bit. It's in August in Dallas, the 13th and 14th. Uh, the educators that are coming in for this, the educators that are speaking at this, they're going to be there for the entire event. So you're going to get to workshop. It's not like, hey, they speak, you talk to them for a hot minute, and then they're gone. They're going to be there for all the meals. It's in Dallas, Texas. The investment, your investment in yourself, which is, it's worth it. I mean, I just know it is because of the people that are coming. And then also the people that are going to be involved in it. There's limited capacity. We're only allowing 40 people to come into this. It's $2,000 for the investment. You can message me, but it'll be out there on the social media you know, networks later on this week. But it is the people that are wanting to come in for this. Man, I have to say, you have got Emmy Award winners. You've got people that have sold eight and nine figures worth of sales. They are going to, they are your board of advisors and they're going to make sure whatever problem you're facing, okay, as a coach, this is coach centric, okay, that by the time you leave, they're going to close that loop. We're going to fire hose you. We're going to give you so much information and we're going to open up all these loops. But before it's over, we're going to workshop with you and we're going to close that so you get what you need from it when you go home.
0: Wow, that's awesome. And this isn't just somebody. Speaking. This is somebody that's going to not only speak, but also have some one-on-one time with you, and you know you'd be able to to ask questions and get feedback on a, on the whole entire. Three days, correct? Three days.
1: Uh, it's it's two days. It's two days. People flying the day before. It's two days. Um, the food and stuff is just you know. I mean, like the, on top of it, like you know, we're going to provide the food for the whole thing. It's 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 bananas what the team has put together. But the educators, as well as the people in the room, we just don't want someone that sits there and says, you know, hey, you know, I want to invest two thousand myself. It's got to be the right person because the room that we put together, you're going to create lifelong relationships of people that can help move the needle forward for you. That's the biggest thing is create intent and the outcome will be amazing because of what we're going to do together.
0: Yeah. That's amazing, man. I I mean, you know, to the listeners out there, you have to, I'll just tell you, I'll vouch for, for, for Brandon. I mean, I've spent some time, what, four or five days together in Costa Rica that you know, was like a week. I
1: don't know. I was, uh, you know, it was just amazing. I don't know how long we were there. I was there for a few weeks. I know that it was before you got there.
0: And this, this is the real deal. This is where, you know, whether you're a coach, whether you're looking to just get more information about life itself and just really kind of getting through your own struggles and things like that, go to the success finder, connect with people, listen to Brandon's podcast, but definitely knowing that this seminar is coming up or this workshop's coming up and it's, it's coach uh, uh, centric, this is a great opportunity to learn from some of the best people out there and go seek out people that can help you. People that are, are if you listen, if you want to get through trauma, find people that have gotten through trauma and are successful at it. Okay. And have created something from it. If you want to be a seven figure business owner, find somebody that's making seven figures or even higher. Okay. Don't look for somebody that can create the idea, but doesn't show the proof in the pudding. And that's the type of people that Brandon is bringing into this workshop that not only just get up there on stage and speak, but is going to invest in you as an individual and help coach you to be able to coach other people. Because aren't we all coaches? We're all helping people, we're all giving people advice to some sort of level and degree in life, you know? So. Brandon, I can't thank you enough, brother, for coming on the show. I'm really honored, man. I love the relationship that we're building. I'm glad we're not that far away. You're just in Dallas, a couple hours, you know. And and of course, I'm going to be able to be on your show in the in the, in the near future. Which yeah. I'm excited about that. And I love what you're doing, man. Keep it up, man. I love your attitude behind things and just I love the things that you said about being in charge, taking charge of who you are. And you know, the preparation is what is what just squashes all those, all those, all that fear, all that limiting belief, you know? And I wish I would have heard this when I was six years old because it would have been a different story. So I can't wait till, uh, till Liam grows up, man, and uh, and what he's gonna be like and when he's 15 and, you know.
1: <laughs> He'll have his first company. We've already talked about it. He's like when he starts oh, yeah, the first man. company by the time he's 15, 16 years old. And I said, but it's gotta solve a problem. It's Whatever got it problem. is, you gotta solve a problem, man. Money will be a byproduct by you solving a problem and helping people.
0: Yeah. Just uh, one piece of advice. Don't give them sugar and uh, Kool-Aid to mix together.
1: Well, <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm over those sales days.
0: <laughs> Brother, thanks so much, man. And uh, guys, for those that are listening, please reach out to Brandon. His email is on the bottom of the screen. It's brandon at thesuccessfinder.com. Uh, reach out you know, to him and uh, anything that he can help you with. I know he will. Go to his podcast, listen to it, The Mastermind Effect. And uh, guys, stay tuned for a new episode. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.